The Powers on Sports podcast is brought to you by Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, and Star Alvarado. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A kick. It is To beat the man, you gotta beat the man. The two-one swung lane drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. This is the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, welcome back, Powers on Sports podcast. Appreciate you finding us. On your favorite podcast platform, I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa. We are finally here. Football season starts on Saturday, finally. The full-blown college football season will start Labor Day weekend. The NFL will start on the Thursday after Labor Day with Kansas City and Detroit, followed by games on Sunday and then 9-11 on Monday night. So we are finally here. The the exodus and the offseason has finally ended, especially on the college front. You have the last week of the NFL preseason this weekend. You're going to see massive uh, NFL transactions starting probably Sunday through Tuesday or so with teams having to get down from 90 to 53. You're going to see a ton of trades. You're going to see massive Probably every team's got to cut probably 35 to 40 guys. So you're going to see a lot of waiver claims, things like that. So for your whoever your favorite team is, get ready because the cuts are coming in the National Football League. So um, got a good episode for you this week. We're going to talk. I'm going to give you a couple of topics to talk about. The U.S. Open starts next week. We got college football this weekend. We have um, U.S. Open tennis starts next week up in Flushing Meadow, New York City. And then we have... The um, We are going to do our last set of NFL divisional previews this week. We're going to talk to John Harris from the Houston Texans Radio Network. We're going to preview the AFC and NFC South. Lots of, uh, lots of uh, competitiveness in those two divisions. A lot of people think those might be the two weakest divisions in the National Football League. So we're going to get into it with John, breaking down each team, draft picks, all that kind of good stuff and projections for each team. So I'm going to talk, like I said, got lots to talk about. John's going to give you some great insight on each team in those those two divisions. But, uh, and again, if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform to subscribe to the Powers on Sports podcast. Also remember the Florida Football Insiders podcast will debut next week where it's an all state of Florida college football and pro football podcast. We're going to talk next week. We will have the voices of the Seminoles, the Gators, and the Miami Hurricanes on the podcast to preview those three teams. So you can definitely find the Florida Football Insiders podcast as part of the Coast to College Football Coast to Coast podcast feed that's going to, we're going to be a part of that uh, podcast network and feed so but Florida Football Insiders for all things state of Florida college football and we'll even, we'll even sprinkle in a little NFL as well uh, we will have some great guests throughout the year media members former players uh, former coaches and such on the Florida Football Insiders podcast so uh, let's first of all let's get to the college football slate that starts this weekend 
Not a huge slate, but there are a couple of decent uh, storylines to follow. USC starts their season this week at home. Caleb Williams, the first-team All-American quarterback and Heisman Trophy favorite to repeat potentially. Remember, he won the Heisman Trophy last year, the USC quarterback. Most people think he will be the number one pick in the draft. They open their season, USC uh, opens their season uh, this weekend at home against, I believe, it's San Jose State. If you're looking for any USC coverage, go go visit my guy, Matt Zemick. He's the editor of the USC Trojan Wire uh, feed as part of the USA Today uh, feed. So find Matt Zemick on Twitter uh, and, and find the USC Trojan Wire for all things USC football. He'll, he'll, he's doing a lot of coverage on the Pac-12, where, where that's going. Uh, there's some news coming out of the realignment world. Middle of this week, speculation is that Cal and Stanford, as well as SMU, are pretty close to an agreement to go to the ACC. That deal is not done yet as of, th- as of this recording, but lots of speculation that that deal is getting pretty close to being done to where those three teams will join the ACC, which still leaves Washington State, Oregon State kind of in the wind, floating in the wind there. But uh, that's the kind of the news of the week as far as realignment goes. Uh, for the uh, for the ACC is fortifying their forces a little bit as we head into the uh, college football season started. Other big matchup this weekend, a, a little bit of note, Notre Dame will play Navy over in Ireland, over in Dublin on Saturday, year two of Marcus Freeman. Remember, Notre Dame brings in Sam Hartman, the transfer quarterback from Wake Forest, to lead their team. Navy has a new coach this year, but uh, be interested to see what the what the game looks like in Dublin. You never know what the weather might be over in Dublin, Ireland. It could be wet and rainy, windy. So we'll see how that game unfolds. That will be a uh, interesting uh, tilt over in Dublin for those two teams to kick it off. And again, you'll have USC and a handful of other games on Saturday on the schedule. The full-blown college football schedule will start the following Thursday of Labor Day weekend. You got a couple of uh, big matchups that weekend. Florida and Utah will kick it off on Thursday night. You got Sunday night, you got Florida State and and LSU in Orlando. And then you got Monday night, Duke and Clemson wrapping it up from Duke on Monday night of Labor Day, Labor Day night over the weekend. A lot, everybody pretty much will be playing on Labor Day weekend throughout the country. There's some conference openers. I, th- I know Ohio State plays Indiana, and you'll have some other marquee uh, uh, and other other matchups that have some significance to the national title hunt. So uh, everything will get go gets going in full bore next weekend, Labor Day weekend. But we do have a slate of games this weekend in college football to pay attention to. Uh, if you're around the country, most people are starting their high school football season. We started here in the state of Florida last week, so I had a ball game last week, and the regular season in the state of Florida starts this Friday night uh, here all over the state of Florida. I will be here in Tampa officiating Jefferson High School. Shout out to my guy Vince Ferrara, who's a Jefferson High School graduate up in Knoxville. He's the uh, morning show host on the Sports Animal up in Knoxville, so shout out to my guy Vince uh, Ferrara. So check out the, if you're a Tennessee fan in that part of the world, definitely check out the uh, Sports Animal 99.1 Vince Ferrara, the morning show. He does lots of stuff Tennessee related, pregame, postgame, things like that. So definitely check out my guy. Also check out the sports, uh, the the 
the Press Box Sports Radio Show, PressBoxRadio.com. I co-host on Wednesdays, but it's a daily show, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. My guy Mike Grace out of Atlanta hosts the show five days a week. I'm, I host with him on Wednesdays, and we have a great time on Wednesdays. Check out my powers my power six list every Wednesday. Um, so you can t- tons of college football, a lot of SEC talk based out of Atlanta. We talk a lot of SEC talk, and uh, Mike Grace does a great job. Pressboxradio.com is the place to find that show. That show is on in 15 different markets around the Southeast in five different states. So if you're all anywhere in the Southeast, definitely look at it, look us up. Pressboxradio.com. You can see the affiliate in your area. Or you can listen to it online anytime and live and on demand. So uh, lots of places to hear me talk. Again, Florida Football Insiders podcast will debut next week as well. So NFL stuff, a couple NFL notes before we get to John Harris. Uh, obviously, like we talked about, cut down day will we'll start on Saturday, Sunday after the preseason games wrap up. Teams got to get down to their 53-man rosters. Again, there'll be a lot of movement with active rosters, practice squads. There'll be some trades that we'll hear about and all that stuff. Baker Mayfield named the starter in Tampa. Trey Lance uh, relegated to third-string duty in San Francisco. So we'll see if there's a move potentially there with Trey Lance to another team. Or does the 49ers hold hold Stan Pat with Lance? You got the Jonathan Taylor drama in, in, in Indianapolis unfolding. They gave him permission to seek a trade. It'll be interesting to see what if they can get enough compensation for him. Teams you're hearing about Buffalo, Miami potentially, maybe even Tampa Bay might be interested, but the Colts sounds like they're asking for a number one pick. They'll never get a number one for Taylor, plus having to re-sign him and extend him for a big deal. That won't happen. They'll probably be lucky to get a two. Um, they may end up having to get a couple of uh, picks to, to equal the two, maybe a couple threes or three and a four, something like that. But Jonathan Taylor has been putting out that has been allowed to seek a trade. Or he could still end up in in Indianapolis if they can't find a trade partner. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, you're going to probably hear in the next few days about the status of Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. Um, Chris Jones is talking that he may not report to the Chiefs potentially until much later into the season. We'll see how that goes. But again, a lot of these teams that have guys on the franchise tag, there's only a couple of them. Jacobs and Chris Jones are the two big ones. And then obviously you have Jonathan Taylor. Those are the three big names to keep an eye on as far as new contracts and potential trades with those guys. Uh, Many of you probably have started your fantasy football drafts, if not last week, starting in the next week or so. I had my two drafts last Sunday, uh, simultaneously on the same day, so little tricky drafting this early because you don't know the status of some guys that we just mentioned, Taylor, Jacobs, things like that. You got some suspensions to deal with. You got some injury issues. You got Terry McLaurin got a little nicked up on Monday night for the for the commanders. So we'll see how that goes. And speaking of the commanders, uh, they, they, they were pretty excited after winning that preseason game and ending the Ravens' 24-game preseason streak. Uh, maybe a little too excited, but uh, good for the commanders. I think part of that had to do with, one, ending the streak, and two, their first home game under the new ownership, and three, they beat kind of their their uh, neighborhood rival, the Ravens, trying to get some of that uh, publicity back away from the Ravens, back into the D.C. area. New owner, Josh Harris, 
Sam Howell looked very good for the for the Commanders. Maybe they found a quarterback there. He did play very well. Uh, the fifth round pick out of North Carolina, so there's some hope there in D.C. with Sam Howell. You got B. Enemy running the offense there, so we'll see how that uh, goes with Sam Howell. So uh, those are your football notes and nuggets for the week. U.S. Open starts in uh, in Flushing Meadow on Monday night, Monday day. Uh, coverage will be on ESPN. If we can only hope to get a final like we saw last week in Cincinnati between Djokovic and Alcaraz, what a three-set thriller that was in Cincinnati with the heat, the drama, three very competitive sets. If we can get that in two weeks in Flushing Meadow, that would be a dream final with Djokovic and Alcaraz. Again, uh, the coolness of the night matches, night matches in Flushing Meadow. If you are a YouTuber, go on to YouTube, and, and I know it's been a long time ago, 32 years now, go back and search on YouTube the nine-minute video on Jimmy Connors' miracle run in 91, the 39-year-old. It's, it's a very, very cool nine- or ten-minute watch on YouTube. It kind of outlines his, his run back in 91 at the U.S. Open. It's something if you're a tennis fan, if you haven't seen it already, go check it out. Connors in 91 with the run when he was 39 years old. Just a great piece, a great 10-minute watch, taking you back back in the day at Flushing Meadow, some drama at night and all that kind of good stuff. So I uh, definitely am a U.S. Open fan. Hard, remember, it's a hard-court surface. Uh, again, shout-out to uh, Serena Williams. She just had her second child a couple of days ago. Um, so she now has child number two. She obviously is not playing anymore, but... Um, you're going to have some favorites in New York, Switek, Pagula potentially with the with the New York. Uh, remember, Pagula is the daughter of the Buffalo Bills owner uh, up in New York, so there'll be a lot of sentiment for her. We'll, we'll see the Americans can uh, the kid who who had the, who, who, Eubanks, Chris Eubanks, can he make another little run at the U.S. Open? Guy like Tiafo, the American, uh, John Isner. I saw just saw today that John Isner is going to be retiring. This will be his last tournament. He's, a, he's been a fan favorite for a long time in American, so we'll see if he can make a little run. But again, I think if you're a, if a tennis fan, U.S. Open fan, we hope to have two Sundays from now uh, Alcaraz and Djokovic play a classic in the afternoon at the U.S. Open final. Hopefully we'll have a good women's tournament as well, but uh, check out the uh, coverage on ESPN uh, throughout the next two weeks as well. So. There's your sports update for the week. Again, John Harris is coming up in just a couple of minutes. Houston Texans sideline reporter is part of the broadcast. The Houston Texans broadcast team uh, with Mark Vanderveer and Andre Ware on the call will give you a great breakdown of the AFC and NFC South. So enjoy the podcast. Remember, JPO Sports on Twitter, where you can find me. Love to hear your comments. And, if you, again, if you haven't already done so, hit subscribe, rate, and give us a review. And, and forward this podcast to your friends and, and your colleagues who are football fans. If you missed any of the other divisional previews, you can go back to the last three podcast episodes. We did two divisions every week. This will be the 8th, 7th, and 8th division that we've done. So you can get your full-blown uh, NFL divisional podcast or divisional previews on the last three or four podcasts. If you miss it, you can go online to check out the video uh, footage of the interview that I did with John and all the other guests for the last four weeks. Go to my YouTube channel, Jason Power Sports Channel on YouTube. Have a great week. We will be right back. John Harris, Houston Texans Radio Network. Now a word from our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions, as well as Star Alvarado, our realtor here on the podcast. 
you have any buying and selling needs anywhere in the Bay Area, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She can help you on the selling side or the buying side of any real estate transaction here in the Tampa Bay Area. From St. Pete to Tampa to Wesley Chapel and anywhere in between, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. And Print and Marketing Solutions, my guy Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Todd's located on the corner of Lineball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. Todd can help you with all of your print and supply needs, corporate events, golf tournaments, signs and banners, marketing pieces, color copies, anything in between. Todd is your print and marketing specialist. Again, print and marketing specialist, Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. And now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market to purchase your first time home, relocate to the state of Florida, or just purchase that second home or investment property? Well, if so, Titan Home Lending can help you get financing for that new home purchase. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404, and I can help you get pre-approved in less than one day. A pre-approval is critical in order to make that offer on your home. You want to know how much of a home you can make an offer on, and getting a pre-approval will allow you to do that. From an FHA, VA, conventional loan, jumbo loan, bank statement loans, there are numerous loan options out there to help you get into your house of your dreams. You can also renovate. You can do a renovation loan, which will allow you to make home improvements and finance the costs into the loan. So reach out to Titan Home Lending anywhere in the state of Florida for your next home purchase, 205-790-1404. All right, welcome back, Powers on Sports Podcast. It is now time to preview AFC and NFC South divisions, and we've got a guy who's right in the heart of the AFC South, the sideline reporter for the Houston Texans Radio Network, John Harris. John's also the content uh, owner and creator of footballtakeover.com, so he is dialed into all things AFC South, Houston Texans. We're going to get his thoughts on both divisions and a couple of topics around the league. So welcome into the podcast, John. Jason, I appreciate you having me, man. It's always good to talk about just football. Uh, it's a lot better to talk about that than the 100-degree heat we've been having here for the last uh, four weeks. So, yeah, it's good to talk some ball, man. Glad to, have, glad to be on with you. Thank you. And we are two weeks away. You know, we can't wait till the opening Thursday night here in Kansas City. Two weeks away, the Seems like the last two weeks would take probably to take the longest two weeks of, of the of the offseason calendar. Yeah, it, it is. It, I'll I'll say this though, after training camp, and you're there every day. And of course, like I said, in Houston, we've had an unbelievable summer. Um the football's been fantastic, but the weather has just been grueling, and every day was a hundred plus degrees. So it's really taken a lot out of, out of some people. And I think that's one of the reasons why we ended up not doing joint practices with New Orleans, because we're going to go to New Orleans to be in this kind of weather uh, in an intense environment. And so it's probably wise not to do it. But I think I'm going to need this break yeah, right. <laughs> in between. Um, you know, we play the Sunday night game, which is kind of weird. Usually it's a Thursday night, the last preseason game. But we're going to play Sunday night in New Orleans, or last preseason game. Yeah. And then it's, you know, it's time to get it on. So that, that week will be uh definitely needed a week of kind of just take a breath 
and get yourself ready for a season um, that I don't know that people truly understand how long it actually is right. when you're taking the road trips like I do. I mean, I, I travel with a team as a silent reporter. Man, some of those road trips, we got back from New England the other day. It was like 530 in the morning. <laughs> and I mean, you know, we got to do radio the next day. And I, I don't know that I could string two sentences together. So the two weeks are long, but luckily, A, college football steps up and takes on that one weekend. Um, and B, kind of, or two, I don't know what I did, A or B, but it, you just need that week a little bit to get recharged and get ready. And for us, it's going to be Baltimore to start off. So good luck to us. <laughs> well, interesting note again. Again, all the all the NFL teams will have to cut down to from ninety to fifty three by I think it's Tuesday of next week. So there will be a massive amount of transactions amongst every team in the league, and yeah, obviously Houston will be no exception. Just get before we get to the divisions. Give me just your initial thoughts of D'Amico Ryan's. You've been around him a little. They finally got sounds like they've got some stability in the coaching staff in the front office. Just your initial thoughts of being around D'Amico the last eight or nine months. Uh, I mean, it's been such a, uh, I mean, it's almost like a sigh of relief, like, oh, man, thank you. I mean, when we were, when the job came open after Lovey Smith was was let go, and, and I'll, I'll say this for Lovey, I know a lot of people looked at the job that Lovey did. He was put in a really tough situation yes. and really did the best with what he had and what we were going through. It just was unfortunate um, with what we've gone through. Um, in Lovey, other, other, gonna... other than winning that last game of the regular season, <laughs> that he... <laughs> it's it's the it's it's the game that will will no longer be talked about here in Houston. <laughs> um, it, it gets brought up from time to time, Jason. But, uh, but uh, sure you know, Lo- Lovey did Lovey did a, a a solid job with what yeah. he had. Um, so when he was fired and and uh, the voice of Texas, Mark Vandermeer, who's, you know, my best friend in the building, I mean, we would just sit in studio and just talk about, okay, well, who do you want? Well, right. who do you want? We didn't have to finish that sentence. The sentence was, who do we want if it's not D'Amico? Right. And we thought that, okay, is D'Amico going to want to come back to Houston? Remember, he and played then, there, folks. He was a player there for many years, right. so they knew yeah. him very well. The other side of that, though, Jason, was there. There was some. There were some hard feelings. Uh, maybe I guess I don't know if that's the right way of saying it. But um, you know, D'Amico got hurt uh, in Houston. Uh, Rick Smith, who was the GM, traded him to Philadelphia when he should have been the 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 piece of the defense. So you know, there had been some things that we're like, oh, we're not totally sure. But then we're like, wait a second. His wife is from Humble, Texas, which is just north of Houston. Yeah. Like, wait a second. Okay. That's good working for us. And then he turned down a couple other opportunities and we're like, okay, you think, you think it could be, us? could it be us? Yep. Uh, and then when it turned out to be us, um, there was this feeling in our building and Jason, just to show you how, how tough it's been. I mean, I, I'm in the building every day. Well, I happened to be at the senior bowl that week and I was hoping it could go one more week, but I was at the senior bowl and I was kind of calling back to get, um, you know, updates. And so the day that it happened, I was actually at the senior bowl. I'm amongst everybody in the NFL. And I've got people coming up to me, scouts from other teams that I know, agents. It's D'Amico, right? It's D'Amico. And I'm like, no, man, it's, it's not done yet. It's not done yet. And we got an email from Cal McNair at about 3.30 Alabama time saying that it was done. And back at the offices, he, D'Amico had been in the office and we've got this large area called the Big Fishbowl where all of our business ops works. And so D'Amico walked out with our president, Greg Grissom, and Greg Grissom said, all right, gang, meet your new football coach. And the place 
erupted. Nice. It erupted um, because those people felt the pain as well. You know, our people in, in sure. sales and ticketing that would call on fans and fans are like, no, I don't want any part of that. I don't right. want any part of that. Right. They were taking the brunt of all of that. Um, you know, Mark and I, who were the, the voices of, of all of this, you know, we yep. were taking the brunt of it. And so there was this massive sigh of relief that D'Amico was the guy. And then he's been in the building since. And it couldn't have been any better. It really could not have been any better. He's got a positive vibe. He knows the city. The city loves him. Um, he and Nick Casario, I think there was a lot of talk about, well, is Casario going to be around? You know, right. once from the Patriots side, once from the 49ers. You know, those families don't mesh. Those two have meshed very, very well together. Um, draft night, uh, you know, when they make the deal for Will Anderson, a lot of people were talking about, oh, there's too much to give up. Uh, but those two were lockstep about Will, how they wanted to go about getting him. That's been a really, that's been a great marriage. And I don't think people saw that coming. Even we didn't see it coming. We knew Nick was a lot easier to work with than people outside the building knew. We right. love him. I love Nick. He's awesome. I was worried about that for a bit. Those two have been fantastic. They've been in lockstep. And that vibe that's been created, look, it doesn't turn us into magical winners. I mean, it just, right. we don't, all it's, three, it's, it's a rebuild. It's a rebuild. Right. But we've at least established the foundation and now we're starting to build the walls. And that we weren't doing the last three years. Right. Um, and now we were, we just mired in a bunch of, you know what? Um, we got out of the Watson stuff. We got to Miko. And now we feel like, the cargo tanker is going in the, in the direction it needs to go. And hopefully we'll get there sooner than later. Look, we got a lot of room, a lot of ground to make up, but I think we're going to do it in due time with D'Amico and Nick leading us. And, and, and you guys were kind of the, the splash of the first round. You get CJ Stroud, the quarterback, you get Will, you trade up to get Will Anderson. So you got two kind of cornerstone guys, you hope for the next 10 years. Talk about just to give a quick synopsis of the rest of the roster. And is there, is there, is the goal this year to, you know, obviously you want to win as many games as you can, but do they, is it goal more just to build the foundation of the right way to do things and all those kind of things that D'Amico's established in San Francisco? I think it's yes to all of it, Jason. I think they, they've gone into this going, Hey, look, we know we have a young roster. Yep. You know, a bunch of rookies from 22, you know, Stingley, King Green, et cetera, you know, a bunch of rookies this year. We've got a young team, but a lot of veteran influence. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Ward was brought in. Hassan Ridgeway was brought in. Sheldon Rankins brought in. Um, Robert Woods brought in. So there was a young team with a veteran influence. And I don't know if that was the design right away to do that, uh, but that's really the way that it, that it turned out. And we'll have even more cap space in 2024, right. Right. especially with a guy on a rookie deal at quarterback. So we can – at that point, maybe make even a big splash right. signing to go with what we've got. And that might be the one piece that gets us there. I think this team, I think our offensive line it's has still good. got a couple of questions, but it's going to be good. Um, everybody healthy. we got to get Titus Howard back. Receivers, that's the biggest thing, Jason. Receivers right now, yep. there, there are a couple guys you think could emerge, but your best guys are probably your young guys. And, you know, rookies don't know what they don't know. Uh, especially with a especially with a rookie quarterback and and therein lies the thing on on offense jason you've got a rookie quarterback a rookie center a rookie play caller offense coordinator a rookie quarterbacks coach and a rookie head coach right that's a lot of rookie on the offensive side so yep. there could be fits and starts although cj i think has performed pretty well and he'll get better i think cj was the right pick i've been saying it for a long time if it's not bryce it's cj if it's not cj it's bryce i feel good with either I think Stroud's really kind of taken to being QB one 
he'll be QB1. I'm not worried about that. I just think it's going to be fits and starts early in his career, but there's going to come a time when he hits a groove. Maybe he gets a, you know, you know, like the Bills got Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen. And maybe right. that happens for, you know, for CJ at some point to, to get a Stephon Diggs type player. But I think this offense will be a run first. It'll be Damian Pierce. It'll be Devin Singletary. Yeah. Um, they got to stop the run, but Sheldon Rankins, Son Ridgeway, those guys were brought in to help stop the run. Um, Jimmy Ward is going to be very helpful in the secondary. So I think the defense is going to have, it's going to have some moments. The offense will be a little bit up and down to start. Yeah. Once they level off, I think it's going to be a really rock solid football team. Maybe not be the most exciting one right away. Yeah. But they're going to be competitive in every game they play in, which is not something I could say two, three years ago. All right. Let's go to Indianapolis. Four and 12, four, 12 and one last year. They bring in Anthony Richardson. Obviously, they've gone in that direction. Obviously, you got all the drama now going on with Jonathan Taylor. It looks like he'll he's going to be out of there just a matter of when. Um, Shane Steichen's hired as the co- as the coach got, come over from Philadelphia. Just your, your general thought about the Colts. Sounds like they're kind of in a rebuild as well. A little disarray with Bob Ursay running his mouth. Just talk about uh, the Colts. Yeah, I hate it for Chris Ballard. I've known Ballard for a long time. He's from Texas City, yep. which is just outside of Texas. So I've known Ballard for you know probably 25, 30 years, and I feel for him. Um, having to go through that situation with Jim Irsay and just, uh, it's tough. And now you got Jonathan Taylor. And I don't know that if Irsay is out of the mix, if, if Ballard and uh, a Wisconsin graduate and Jonathan Taylor could come to, you know, terms on a deal, you know, Ballard's never been one to really just hand out contracts and a bunch of money like Tic Tacs. It's just not been his thing. Right. Um, but if, if Taylor is not there in 2023, then I'm not sure what they have. Right. I mean, Richardson with Taylor gets dangerous. Richardson with any other running back is right. It doesn't really scare you. So and not even great if, skill people on the outside either. Not great no, skill on the outside. No, I mean I, I think Alec Pierce is a guy that can turn into something, but I think he's probably a better number two than he is. I like Michael Pittman. It's fine, but he's a two. Yeah, I just don't know that Richardson's going to get them the ball right um, where they want it. He's going to throw things outside the numbers. They're going to hit some deep routes. But the throws that you got to make, the digs, the ends, the basics, those things in the interior part of the field, he's not right. going to be able to do um, and do exceptionally well. He's going to rely on his legs. It's probably going to turn into the offense we saw from the Bears right late last year, and that could be scary because Richardson can't run. I mean, he's it, that is a it's, it's the best part of his game. He'll have um, his and, athletic moments where he has some big runs yes. or bursts, but the consistency is going to be what's lacking. Very much Justin Fields. I mean, yes. Justin Fields was that way last year. We saw him in week three, Justin Fields, and he ran all over us. But, man, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn throwing. Yeah, right. Um, and so, now he's got to make improvement. And I think Richardson will make improvement, but not not enough, I think, for this year. Defensively, I, I, I used to be scared by DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, but Buckner's been banged up. Jarius Leonard. Leonard. Darius Leonard, Q Leonard missed all last year. Right. Um, and so, you know, and especially with back issues, you just never know. Right. Um, I don't, the secondary doesn't scare me. Right. In all honesty, I think Julius Brent's a draft pick is going to be their best player, but he's a rookie. Yeah. Um, I the Colts window, I don't want to say is shut. Um, but to get it back open, Richardson has to be the man. And I think right. he's gonna be better than people think, but I don't think he's gonna be the man. Um, so I think the Colts. If you're going to get the Colts, get them this year. Now, if they get Taylor back, right? And I'm not totally sure how that's going to work, but if they get Taylor back and he plays, then it's a little tougher out because you've got Richardson, Taylor, one, two. Okay, that 
that can be tough. And the offensive Especially line is pretty second. decent. They're pretty good run blockers and that right. kind of stuff. Right. So it could be a it could be a decent offense. Now, if Taylor's not there, nothing yeah. scares you. But honestly, yeah. nothing will scare you, scare anybody at that point. And I think it could be a tough year for them uh, at that point. And they'll find out whether they really love Anthony Richardson or right. not, because this quarterback draft in 2024 is going to be outstanding. Outstanding. So if he and the guy then they better cut their losses and go find the guy because they can find one in the 2024 draft for sure. All right, let's go to Tennessee, Nashville. The Titans were 7-10, and 10, Brable at the helm. We know what kind of – he's a hard-nosed, good coach. To me, this smells like the last run for Tannehill and Henry in, in Nashville. You know, a lot of people, they draft Will Levis. They got Malik Willis. Levis is probably the guy they'd like to see emerge. Henry's getting up there in years, salary cap issues. This seems like the last run. They bring in a guy you know well, DeAndre Hopkins, as their wide receiver. To me, it's a stagnant franchise. They're always pretty good, but they're never great enough to kind of get over the hump. Your thoughts? Jason, I think they hit hit their ceiling last year. I mean, they lost the last seven in a row. I mean, they lost to us um, there in Nashville. Um, They haven't beaten us in Nashville since 2018 in front of a full house. The only time they beat us – they actually shouldn't was in 2020 um, when if we converted two point conversion at the end of the game, we win the game. Right. We, that would have been four or five straight at Tennessee. So right. uh, it's a team that's all over the map. It's one of those teams that you're frustrated playing because, you know, Vrabel's on the other side. And if it's close, Vrabel's coaching ability gives them a chance. Yeah. But you also know you're facing the Titans. So if you can hang in there physically they're not going to run away from you. Right. They're not going to put up 35 points to get into right. a track meet. Right. You just have to answer them physically. And if you show some nuts and you hang in, you got a shot. And that's what we were able to do in the second game last year. Um, really shut Henry down over the last three quarters. And Malik Willis couldn't hurt us. Now, can Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, I've seen Tannehill do that before. Yeah. But like you said, Tannehill, I think, is probably on last legs. This is kind of the. Uh, my friend Mark Vandermeer is the voice of the Texans. He uses last house on the left as kind of the, the last opportunity. This yeah. is the last house on the left, I think, for the Titans. Um, because I think if it doesn't happen, if Tannehill gets banged up and they've got to go to Levis, that's going to be an issue. They got to go to Willis, that's going to be an issue. Um, the offensive line, I think, is the biggest thing. That defense is nasty. I hate Jeffrey Simmons. I hate seeing him. I love him as a player. I hate seeing Jeffrey Simmons. Um, Harold Landry comes back. Yeah, um, he's a stud. Tierra Tart's one of the most underrated defensive linemen. Um, they lost David Long at linebacker. That's going to be a loss. Um, but secondary is good. Kevin Bayard's a dude. So I don't like facing that defense because they make you work. They're going to try uh, to beat you twenty to seventeen every week. That's exactly right. And it's funny because DeAndre Hopkins being over there, I said to Mark the other day, I said the twenty twenty three Titans are the twenty fifteen Texans, and now they got Hopkins to prove it. We right. were going to win games seventeen to thirteen, nine yeah. to six. That was the way we were going to do it. We are just going to browbeat you defensively and then hope the offense could do just enough. And in 2015, we did. Yep. I think that's the way the Titans are. Their ceiling is 9-8. Their ceiling is 9-8. I don't think yep. they'll be above that. Um, but they'll win games because they have Rabel and Henry and, and maybe Tannehill for however long he can play. But they're going to lose games because the offensive line is not good. Right. The offensive line has taken too many shots, too many holes. They lost Saffold, Luan, Ben Jones, um, Conklin a few years ago. They've yeah. lost all that over the last three or four years. You can't withstand that in the league. That offensive line is not where it needs to be. And I think that's going to be one of the things that slows Henry down. Yeah. And it might mean more of Tajay Spears, the right. rookie running back out of Tulane, who's a stud. 
All right, let's go to Jacksonville. Everybody thinks they're they're the perennial division favorite. Obviously, nine and eight last year. They win the division. Doug Peterson uh, comes aboard. Trevor Lawrence, massive improvement. They go to they win a playoff game. They play close in Kansas City in the divisional round. Yeah, lots of lots of positivity coming out of Jacksonville. Your thoughts on just again? They're the to me they're the clear division favorite. Do you like the mat? Do you like the maturation of, of Lawrence and Peterson together? I do, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I, I hate it on one hand, but I do think um, – I was talking to Frank Frangie, who I've known for a long time. I lived in Jacksonville. In fact, started my coaching career down in Jacksonville, so I got to meet Frank, who's now the play-by-play man for the Jaguars. We were talking to the combine, and I said, Frank, what was kind of the turning point for that team? And he said, you know, it was an interception. And I said, what do you mean? He said, they were playing the Ravens, and Trevor tried to scramble, and there was a guy available, and he missed it, and he tried to make something happen, and he threw back across his body, interception. And it was at that point that Trevor went to the sideline and Doug looked at him and said, essentially, are you going to do it my way now? Right. And Trevor was like, it was like Nuke Lelouch, you know, following Crash Davis. Yep. I was like, yep, I'll do it your way. And once he bought in to doing it Doug's way, then all of a sudden the Jaguars took off. And it's not perfect. And we've seen the Jaguars do this before. 2017 was a magical year for them. 2018, yep. they had rock bottom again. But – that was Blake Bortles. This they is got the Lawrence. quarterback now. They got the guy they, they got think. Lawrence. They've got Lawrence, and that's scary. And they went out, and I thought made a savvy move and went out and traded for Calvin Ridley, knowing yes. they weren't going to get him in 2022. Yes. But they were going to get him in 2023. So now you give a bona fide number one to Trevor. All the other guys, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, they're all a bunch of good number twos. So now you got a bona fide one with a bunch of really good number twos. I think they're really going to throw it around. They got two good backs in ETN yep. and then the rookie tank, Bigsby. Yep. I think Jacksonville's offense is. The Jacksonville offense will only be stopped by the effectiveness of the offensive line. Cam Robinson, do they miss him? I think it's six games that he's Suspended, out. Yep. Yeah. How long are they going to, you know, how, is that going to be a problem? They also play a first place schedule. So they play the Bills, the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, and uh, who am I missing? They play the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals. Their, their key to me is you got to make hay in the AFC South. You got to go five and one in the, in the division. That's how they're going to have a chance to be a top two or three seed in the conference. Right. And they also, as all of us do, we get the NFC South. The NFC South gets us. Right. So it's kind of, you know, both conf- both divisions can say the same thing. Well, hey, right. we get the NFC South. Well, right. the AFC South, they say, well, we get the NFC South. So right. they, can, they can all say the same thing uh, from that perspective because no team – other than Jacksonville really kind of stands out amongst the eight teams. So Jacksonville does get four against NFC South. Um, so if they come out of there, say they're five and one, like you said, in, in the division, and they're three and one against the, the right. uh, NFC South, they're eight and two. At yeah. that point, at that point, you go to what, two and five, you're 10 and seven. Yeah. Um, so they, I think Jacksonville, I think you're right. Jacksonville is the the clear favorite. You know, you got to put Tennessee in the mix just because Tennessee's got a bunch of vets and they got Brable. I just don't buy Tennessee, though. I don't know. Um, Jacksonville would really have to stub its toe to get to nine and eight, eight, nine. Um, but I think that I think the Texans, I think we're going to be right there in the mix. We're going to compete with anybody. And when when Stroud makes those strides, we're going to be tough to beat. Um, and then I think the Colts are going to be the team at the bottom of the division unless Taylor comes back and he's right. like, you know what? All's good. Everybody. I love Indy. I love you, Anthony Richardson. And I just don't see it happening. Um, but I think the Colts are going to be the team that probably struggles the most. All right. Listen to John Harris, uh, Houston Texans sideline reporter, part of the, the Houston Texan radio network. Um, tell the audience real quick where they can find all your broadcasts online and that kind of stuff. Once the season gets going. Yeah, absolutely. Football takeover.com. Uh, that's my website. I do 
a lot of college football and draft. That's kind of my thing. Um, right there, footballtakeover.com, YouTube page, at JH Football Takeover, doing breakdowns of college players and all yep. kinds of stuff there. And then I'm on the sidelines for the Texans, HoustonTexans.com, sidelines, dude, telestrators, uh, any kind of football stuff you can think of, Jason, I I do it. Um, so hopefully uh, people will check it out, and I appreciate you having me on. And this is a guy, by the way, folks, this guy has a master's degree in accounting. Did I read that right? From Virginia? Yeah. yeah. It gets sicker. I have a civil engineering degree from Brown University <laughs> and master's of accounting from uh, UVA. And, and you're I don't coaching use... football in Jacksonville. Yeah. And then I back in the day. In Jacksonville. And now I just talk about it. So there you go. I don't know. I don't know that the, uh, the kids out there listening are like, Hey, I like that plan. No, don't follow my plan. <laughs> don't follow my plan at all. If you go to be an engineer, go be an engineer, make some money and uh, live well. Don't be like me uh, out in the media, just flapping my gums every day. <laughs> all right, let's get to the NFC South. Again, to me, this is a division you can make an argument. All four teams could win this division. Yep. Kind of similar to the AFC South, but even more so in the NFC South. You got very four very, very condensed teams. Nobody's great, but nobody's terrible. Um, let's start with the Carolina Panthers have the number one pick in the draft. They trade up with the Bears and get Bryce Young, bring in Frank Reich. Um, talk about your thoughts of Bryce Young going to Carolina and Frank Reich pairing up with Bryce. I, I like the right. I, I like Frank with Bryce. I think Frank's going to be really good for Bryce and vice versa. What I don't like for Bryce is that offensive line. Terrible so far. I mean, it's been awful. And I know they drafted Icky Quandre to play left tackle. And I really, I was a believer in, in Icky. So I, I've been surprised really with his play. And maybe it, maybe it clicks in in week right. one. I don't know. Uh, but it hasn't clicked in yet, and that's worrisome. And he's getting beat by, you know, the good players in the league, not even the stars. He's getting right. beat by, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, he just got whipped the other night. And so if that offensive line isn't protecting Bryce. You know, we talked all, you know, a lot of people talked about, well, can he take the hits? I'm, I'm like, look, he's going to take the hits. He got hit in the SEC. If you can get hit in the SEC, you'll survive. Yep. But he's going to take too many. And he gets rid of the ball quickly. He's not one that's going to sit yep. back there and hold the ball. So that offensive line – has got to shed its skin and shed its skin quickly. Because I think the defense is good enough to yeah, keep good defense. The, the Panthers in games for sure. I mean, between Chin, Shaq Thompson, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, they've got yep. dudes. I mean, yep. the secondary I think is good. Uh, it's just a matter of can they keep Bryce upright? If they do they have enough upright, do they have enough elite skill players? I don't see a lot of a lot of twos and threes receiver wise. Yeah. Miles Sanders is good, not great. Do right. they have enough skill guys to be able to make Bryce effective? You know, it's gotta it's gotta be for them a whole is greater than some of its parts. Yep. You know, it's gotta be one of those kind of situations where you're right, they don't have a, a one, but you know, they got Adam Thielen. He's been around. Uh Terrace Marshall yeah. could be a guy. You know, they've got a lot of question marks. The problem is when you have when you gotta keep saying if, 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 right, then you're in a lot of trouble because all those ifs aren't gonna be you're not gonna get to the then part, you know. If this, then no, you're not going to even get to then because right. it's not going to fit. So um, I do think that they're probably lacking a DJ more time. Oh, that's right. They traded him. <laughs> Which um, they had to, to get young. So it's, right. more, it's, you know, they made the, they made the commitment to do that. Right. And I, and I get it to get Bryce young. Got to give DJ more. Okay. You probably have a better opportunity to go find a DJ more like player in the future. Yes. Than yes. you do finding a, a guy you're going to believe in like Bryce. So I, I'm looking forward to playing them because I'm, I'm curious about them more than I am anything else, because I think that offensive line really holds the fate of that team. If that offensive right. line gels, then I think the Panthers could be 
a nice surprise. Yeah. I thought they played well at points last year. You're like, man, they're going to get in this playoff mix. How are they going to do this? You got PJ Walker at quarterback and yeah. you know, they got rid of Baker and man, how are they doing this? And then it fell apart at the end, but that offensive line is playing like it has in, this, in these two preseason games. Now Trouble. giants and jets have as good a defensive line as you're going to find. Yep. So there's that, but that line had better come together a little bit better than that because you won't fight, face the Jets and Giants every week, but you're going to face some pretty salty ones and even a couple of them there in the NFC South. So yeah. you better get it together on the offensive line or Bryce is going to be in the hospital and you're going to be you know, looking at another top five pick. And, and that's not where you want to be, obviously. All right, let's go to Atlanta. Seven and 10, Arthur Smith. I believe this is year three for him in Atlanta. They've gone, they're going with Desmond Ritter this year. They're going to see what they have. The third round pick out of Cincinnati. Um, you know, is they draft Bijan Robinson, who you know well from the state of Texas. You know, the defense of him, the defense is the kind of the part that's holding them back. They got a lot of number one picks on offense. You got Pitch, you got Drake London, you got yep. Bijan. So you got some weapons, not proven yet, but you got some guys that got some pedigree. Talk about how key of a year you think this is for Arthur Smith. You know, I thought about Jason I, and, you know, Deshaun Watson's kind of, you know, persona non grata here in Houston for a lot of different reasons. But had Deshaun picked Atlanta, yep. and he's playing indoors, he's playing back at home, yep. which I think would probably move along his transition. I think playing in Cleveland, playing those cold games, Deshaun doesn't want to, didn't want to do that. But they guaranteed him a contract and away right. you go. But if Deshaun were in Atlanta, I would be terrified of that offense. Right. Terrified, because I think the offensive line is underrated. I think Chris Lidstrom at guard is – arguably the best in the league. Sure. Um, McGarry came along at tackle last year. Jake Matthews, I know pretty well from you know his time here um, in the Fort Penn district in high school and then A&M. Plus those skill players like, God dang, and Tyler Algier with Bijan. Right. Holy smokes. And they got Deshaun. That said, I do think Desmond Ritter's going to be fine because he doesn't have to carry it all on his shoulders. You know, flip a screen out to Bijan, hand yeah. the ball to Algier, get the ball to Pitts and in London He's going to have opportunities and he'll be protected. Yep. I think the Falcons are kind of sneaky hot. That's the one team I was talking to James Palmer for the NFL network, friend of mine. And we were talking yep. about it. He said, you know, I wish I could see the Falcons, this training camp. You've seen a bunch of teams. He's like, they're just really intriguing. They're really sexy. If the defense can play, they've been struggled on defense. You figure my, you, you just solved my, my dilemma. You finished my sentence. You complete me, Jason. That is exactly the point. <laughs> I think they've got, individual players on that side like Grady Jarrett's one of the best yep. there's been yep. and he's fantastic um you know AJ Terrell I don't think was tremendous last year but he's a really good corner they've got some pieces but they don't have the whole machine together on that side and so with Robinson and with Algier even with Pitts and London there I think they've got to be a run team that controls clock a little bit yes uh you know 35 to 25 time possession keep the defense off the field yep. defense has got to be opportunistic create turnovers um but i think the falcons if they get better defensive play they get scary because that offense i think has a lot of different layers and arthur smith i think is one of the more underrated play callers in the league but i just don't trust that defense not right not right now and i think that's what keeps them at you know, the seven to 10, nine and eight yep. range and nothing more or nothing less. They got enough to win games, yep. but I don't know if the defense is good enough to get them into double digits. 
And I think this division will be a bloodbath when it comes to the division games. A lot of three and three, probably a lot of three and three records in the division. All four teams yeah. will be competitive. You know, you, you could, again, you can make an argument for all four teams winning the yep. division or coming in last place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How, depending on how you see it. All right, yep. let's, let's head to New Orleans. New Orleans, seven and 10. Obviously, the big move they made in the offseason, bringing in Derek Carr from Las Vegas. Um, you know, th- th- that was the big move. You know, you got an older defense, Hayward, Demario Davis are getting along in the tooth. Still good players. Can Michael Thomas come back to anywhere near what he was to pair up with Olave, who we all think is going to be a really good player? Alvin Kamara done for three games, suspended. Just your and to me, one of the big questions is is Dennis Allen a competent head coach? Great defensive coordinator, but can he can he rise up to be a good head coach? That's a great question. And I think it's probably the $64 million question with them because I think there are a lot of pieces or a lot of things to like. You got Michael Thomas coming back, as you mentioned, and just the solidifying force he can be, that go-to guy on third down. But yep. that also allowed Rashid Shahid to step up without Thomas, you know, give you a deep threat. I, I love Chris Olave. He was wide receiver one for me a couple of years ago. I, I love him. Yep. Um, and Kamara is the ultimate X factor. There's so much you can do. And then you throw in Jamal Williams uh, yeah. at running back, um, who could be a great goal line weapon. But, you know, we look, we know it comes down to DC four um, with Derek Carr at quarterback. He, he gives them a shot. That team was seven and 10 last year, you know, with Andy Dalton and Jameis kind of muddling some Hill playing a little bit. And... Yeah. So again, the NFC South plays us. We play the NFC South. So they're probably sitting there going, look, if we go three and one against the AFC South, right. we go three and three in division. That's six and four right there. Hey, right. man, we got to really – and I think Derek Carr probably believes in, that the Saints can be that. Now, Dennis Allen, eh, I'm not sold. Um, but really it's got to come together defensively. A lot of lot of vets. Yeah. A lot of vets. Um, a few of them we know from Houston, Tyron Matthew, uh, Bradley Roby. Yeah. I think that could be the thing for them that, that really is the thorn in their side is the age and whether guys break the depth, down. The depth, yep. I think Brian Brzee was a great pick for them in the draft. If he's the kind of guy that week one, you wow, this guy is an unbelievable fit, and he gives yeah. them some youth and exuberance and a player up front, okay. But if it takes a while for the rookies to hit on defense and that defense gets older really quickly, right. I think they could be looking at 7-10 again. But that defense rises up and stays healthy. Brzee is a factor early. Then I think the Saints are the team to me in that division because of Derek Carr that they win a division at ten and seven. Yeah, I'm with you. I think ten is probably the max number that the division winner wins this division yep. at. I don't think you'll see an eleven or twelve win team in this division unless something crazy happens. But uh, yep. I, I'm with you. I think nine or ten is the is the division winner. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's head into Tampa where I'm at. Uh, the Buccaneers eight and nine, obviously first year post Tom Brady. Baker Mayfield just announced a start a couple days ago by Todd Bowles, the, the biggest open secret in the league the last week and a half or so. Why he waited as long as he did, I don't know. But, you know, uh, who knows? But uh, yeah, Mayfield wins the job, obviously. Um, for now, again, I think this is a fluid situation. I think that their bye week is in week five, so it wouldn't shock me if they got off to a slow start one and three that they went to Kyle Trask maybe after the bye week early. But we'll see how that goes. The Bucks with eighty million dollars in dead cap money from all the credit Ooh. cards they had to pay from the last three years with Brady, which Buck fans will take a Super Bowl for the for the credit card. You'll take that yep. every day of the week. So yep. this is the year they're eating up. They're eating the salary cap money, which is fine. They're going to have a lot of young guys make the roster. Um, defense actually should be pretty good. They still got some guys on defense: Shaq Barrett, Winfield, yep. 
The DBs are good. You still got Levante David, Devin White. Just yep. your thoughts. To me, the key to the Buccaneers defensively is the pass rush. Can you get some consistent pass rush? Your thoughts on the Buccaneers. Maybe a little new offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, comes in from Seattle. New system, completely different from what they were doing. Your, your, just your general thoughts on the Buccaneer state of affairs. I wish for the Buccaneers uh, case. Now, I was a big Rashad White guy. I was a big Rashad White guy. And he's going to get the um, ball. He's their I, guy. I think I think he's going to end up being a good weapon. I wish they had a little bit more back there that they could be kind of a run first team. I worry about the losses they've had on the offensive line. Yeah, you know, Ali Marpet retires. Um, Worfs uh, is getting moved to left tackle from right tackle, so. and people hear that Jason, and a lot of times they're just like, "Ah, it's left and right. It's so different." I've talked yep. to so many guys that have yep. done that, and they're like, "Man, it's." It's like, you know, Canada and America is like complete opposites. Well, they're right next to each other. It's North America. No, it's not. Um, I, I, you know, with Baker, I've always been kind of a believer in Baker, but last year started to erode that a little bit. Yeah. Um, Baker's never been that kind of guy like, Hey, let me let just this game come to me. You know, let me, you know, let me, let's let the game just happen and flow. Let me take some check downs and get some completions and get everybody involved. No, he's always been the one to kind of push the envelope a little bit, which yep. I can admire. But I feel like in Tampa, pulling back the reins a little bit, like, hey, just take profit. You know, take five yards to Mike. Take the hitch. To uh, Godwin. To Godwin. You got Godwin. Right. I mean, just use those guys. Use those weapons. Throw to, you know, everything's bottled up. Hey, White's opening the check down. Just take it. Hit the tight end. I think if Baker just does that, to me, Tampa can be – Yep. As tricky and out because I do think that defense is still has, still has some dudes. They do, and I'm glad that Devin White went back or is yep. back for the time being. Um, I still think that defense is going to be very very difficult to score on. Yep. I love Joe Tryon. It's got to come together to be. This that is the guy. year he's got to do it. He's got to be that guy opposite Shaq Barrett. He has to be that guy. Um, but if he is, which I think he can be, boy, that pass rush is good. Vita yep. Bay inside, two strong linebackers. Jamal Corners Dean. are really good. Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Antoine Win- Winfield. They got a good de- secondary. The defense will keep them around. Yep. And the defense is better than any defense that Baker has had along. And Baker's got to understand, look, don't put them in a bind. Right. And if he doesn't put them in a bind, then I think Tampa Bay's got a really good opportunity uh, to be there right with the Saints in that division. I'm with you. I think I think they're I think they're getting undervalued a little bit nationally. I think everybody thinks post Tom Brady they're going to be bad. And I'm with you. I think if Baker can just let like you made that's a great point. Let the game come to you. Take your seven or eight yard profit. Don't try to force one in there. Yep. You got really good receivers still still in their prime. You got opportunities and play to your strengths of the team, which is going to be defense. And if they can have a balanced running game with you, your guy Rashad White, who I really like too, I think this could be a dangerous team in this division. So. John Harris, great work, Matt. Great analysis. Again, find John Harris, Houston Texans Radio Network, sideline report. He'll be all over the league this this year. HoustonTexans.com for their broadcast. FootballTakeover.com is his website. does draft analysis, all kind of great stuff with college football world. Keep up the great work, sir. Appreciate the time, and good luck for the Texans this year. You're going to need need it a little bit. We definitely are going to need it, man, but hopefully it's not going to be as bad as the last three years. Hopefully we'll make some strides. Jason, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Awesome time, man. Appreciate it. And we'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at jposports. 
So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.